I'm, I'm going to say it again for for the people listening. Saints two and zero, Falcons two and zero, Bucks two and zero. I mean, the NFC South is just full of juggernauts this year. Full of winners. I mean, that's what the stats say. You know, yeah. I'm not, Numbers I'm not just lie. out here being opinionated. This is objective. All right. <laughs> Facts. What was what was being looked at early in the year as the absolute worst division, at least one of the least competitive divisions as far as Super Bowl contenders go? And look at us. Who would have thought we'd be here? I know. Derek Carr's really surprised me for them. Really? I think he's been crappy both first halves, which is good because – I mean, I haven't watched the full game or nothing. But well, he's been crappy. I watched uh, Monday, though. Yeah, yeah. He's been crappy, but we're still winning. So when he plays yeah. good, I I've think- just seen like some behind the scenes stuff from like um, yeah. NFL films, like um, having mic'd up and stuff. Yeah, he's a hell of a leader, though. Yeah, he I mean, is. He's, I mean, he's oh, he controls that team. So um, yeah, I I think it's good too with Dennis Allen being in year two, and us not doing good last year. Like if you can get Michael Thomas behind you. Which he's one of the more toxic he ones. He pisses me off. But no, Camaro's crazy too. Yeah, and James Williams probably got hurt for a couple of weeks against the Panthers too. So yeah, Alave looks good too. Yeah, dude, I tweeted that whole thing with Michael Thomas in the tunnel though. Like, dude, shut up, bro. What was it? I didn't see it. You didn't see it? No. Oh, him and um. Derek Brown, who went to Auburn, he plays for the Panthers. They were going at it in the locker room. Oh. And or um in the tunnel on the way to the locker rooms after the game. And Michael Thomas was like jawing at him and walking backwards away from him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you just hear Michael Thomas scream like uh West Side Crips at Derek Brown. And Derek Brown just starts coming after him talking shit. And Michael Thomas just keeps like getting as far away as he can, <laughs> like running away talking shit. It's like well bro. He's he's good at separation. What can I say? He's hey, games games. <laughs> good at separation. Clever, clever. No, but seriously, on on the game outside of his toxicity, <clears throat> I would love to see the Saints' third down conversion rate when throwing to him. Because he's run a slant, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Since 2017, I'm serious. Like, if we need a third down. Oh, yeah conversion and he's healthy the ball is nine times out of ten going to him and it's going to be a first down like yeah healthy especially with like games in three years yeah I, I can't argue with you there yeah um, so that's the only problem with him how's so, yeah. I, I haven't i literally haven't that's not a joke i haven't been paying attention has he been i mean he's been better than mariota hey man he's a game manager all you got to do is hand the ball off baby that's it we can take it from there. Defense is what surprised me the most. Defense yeah. is unreal. AJ Terrell, Jesse Bates, uh, Okuda still hadn't played yet. Um, dude, the Panthers' defense is super stout. I didn't realize how good they. They got were. a lot of names. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Love looked good too. I'll give him that. I wasn't a believer he's, in Jordan Love. He's looked um, good so far. Yeah, he's looked pretty good. He's got a lot of Aaron Rodgers tendencies, just like mechanical and stuff. Look, man, we're good. We can run the ball. Um, as long as Ritter doesn't turn the ball over, we're good. We'll be good. Um, we probably shouldn't have won on Sunday. They they dropped two picks that were thrown right to them, and we just got lucky. Uh, but that's a game we haven't won before. We'd usually like not even 
make a close comeback or he would have been up 14 and blown it. Yeah. But um, he, he doesn't throw the deep ball well, but I don't know. We don't use Kyle Pitts a lot, but that's just Arthur Smith. Like, we're just going to run the ball and throw it when we have to. So, um, we got the lines this week. So, see if we can go to three and see what that game's looking like. We always struggle with them for some reason, but. Who y'all got this week? Lions. Mm. You know, they've looked good in my opinion as well. They have, yeah. Jared Goff's good. St. Brown. Um, yeah. They got some guys. Mary Gibbs is doing well too, rookie season. I wish they'd feed Jameer Gibbs a little bit. I know, me too. I love Jameer Gibbs. Georgia Tech alum. <laughs> I claim Jameer Gibbs. Hudat's got the Packers this weekend. So uh, the crazy is Bama, Bama claims Jameer Gibbs and Jalen Hurts somehow. Jameer Gibbs is from like Georgia Tech. you got to get one or the other. Jalen Hurts is Bama. Yeah, Hurts is Bama, but then you have to give Georgia Tech. Give Georgia Tech, baby, yeah. Shout out to Tech. Nice. There he is. One and one, baby. I guess our our, – One and two, actually. Our beginning banter can be our NFL segment today. We're we're early on, all right, so there's not a ton to talk about. You guys know the big guys who are playing. You're going to get a lot of – You'll get a few highlights, but most of the time, early season, you're going to get Saints-Falcons news, and that's just how it is. Unless, Bubba, you want to throw in some Eagles news? or I do know. Fine. Only news Fine. that hurts me with the Eagles, my boy Nicobe's out a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah that was so, tough. Yeah. That was tough. What about all this talk about these motherfuckers want the tush push banned from the league? It's not a bad argument, to be honest with you. I mean, it can be an argument, but just don't let them get down on the one. I don't let it get to fourth and inches. Sorry, yeah, everyone should do it. Like, yeah. gonna, like it's legal. It's it. legal. Line up and do it. If you hate it so much and you need a yard, yeah. line up and do it. We're gonna have some live breaking news on this podcast. Cam Akers just got traded to the Vikings. Really? Yeah. I actually heard that like twenty seconds ago. I got the news. Yeah, looks like the Vikings are realizing that they probably did need Dalvin Cook. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. You needed a guy who ran for a thousand yards every not day. as easy to get uh Justin Jefferson the ball when you have no run game to feed him on. Yeah. Exactly. What Stupid. about Kyron Williams just popping for the Rams too and just stepping over Cam? Yeah. Hadn't got any touches. Yeah. I didn't even believe in him week one and then week two I set Kyron Williams again. And I was like, all right, fuck it. He's he's for real. Yeah, he's the guy. So Cam that touches. Awesome. Good for Cam Akers. Good for him. Yeah, Mississippi fella. Come on, Mississippi fella. I thought he would have went to uh, the Browns, but the Browns got Cream Hunt after Nick Chubb shattered his leg. Unfortunately, oh, that stinks, dude. Y'all see how yeah. similar that looked like to the one in college that he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, it was like the same thing almost. Same leg too. Yeah, that's. I mean. Guys made a lot of money. He might he might hang it up. I don't know. That's terrible, man. There have been a few people that said it's there's a higher possibility that it could be career ending. Yeah, I saw that. Just because I think it's already a, just because it it depends on how damaged the knee was already, which he already had the whole thing with it. So yeah, it was all reconstructive anyway. So they're going to yeah. reconstruct the re, stuff that was already reconstructed. So. Yeah. 
can only do it so much. Unless you're Kurt Angle. I was listening to him on Joe Rogan today. That dude's an (laughs) animal. Won an Olympic gold medal with a broken neck. Animal. Dude's a freaking animal. All right. Bubba, tell me to spin the track, and we'll hop into some college football. Jeepy. People had to wait a little bit longer, but you know the deal. (laughs) They're ready for it. Spin that thing. Wow, two gamblers and a husband in the in the chat now. You know, it's just they grow up quick. Uh, honestly, if you could have seen behind the scenes, thank God to have Joe G, the editor. The man, the myth, the legend, the husband back because Jesus Christ, folks, <laughs> if you tuned in last week, consider it a blessing for that thing to ever have gotten published. Uh, me and Z were sober and still just just a son of a bitch. I'll say that. Jeffy yeah. deserves a lot more credit than we've ever given him. I thought I figured it out, man. I thought you were just stupid or something. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I thought that was going to come about like he was I figured you were just like man this guy just can't he just can't. It took me like 2 seconds so then you go uh where'd you publish it to and I was like ah you got me. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's I didn't know where to go from there. That's the same thing I did. So for the folks listening don't search it cuz we need all our views on one page with you know making so much money with this um but somehow me and Z, I think, created a whole new dude's account of some sort and posted this episode, and it looks identical to our other page, and I'm sure G will get it deleted somehow or reported or get I, something. But I'm looking it up on Spotify right now. I don't even see it, so they might have taken We don't it. know what happened. Me and Z published this episode twice. Twice. Not in Double the right views. And then G gets it published uh, via iPhone, even what's more sad. <laughs> so, I mean, I had... I've always been electronically uh, challenged, I guess you could say, but I felt great. I was like, Z, I was like, man, I just published it. I typed in the description of it, the title for it. I had it all going, and I, I got on my phone and looked for it, and I couldn't find the episode, and I finally gave up. I think uh, between that and the uh, embarrassment in Starkville, I think Vic feared for our life twice this week. <laughs> I was just raging and seeing red, I was like, what in the absolute shit is going? I can't, why can I not do this? So G took care of us. G's back. Um, let's recap a little week three guys. I'm absolutely stoked for week four. I feel like week four is always an absolute banger, right? Some, I mean, you had some conference play last week, but now it's like, it's really, really kicking off. Um, Let's talk week three, though. Let's not let's not skip over it. A little bit of a dud week, like me and Z talked about, but got a lot of questions, eyebrows raised. Had some big games still. Uh, a lot of squeak buys, not not a ton, but a good bit of squeak buys. Florida State thirty one at Boston College twenty nine. Uh, they get a win, get out of there. Not a whole lot to break down. You got Clemson this week. You know, glad to get out of there three and zero, stay in the top four. Georgia South Carolina game. South Carolina up 14-3 at half. Me and Z talked about it last week, man. If we could just see signs of, you know, some fight and some showing something that Georgia is beatable, you know, they're human, whatever. 
And this was it. This was all we asked for. We didn't ask for a win. South Carolina covered the number easy for the betting side of it. Um, yeah, 14-3 at half, and South Carolina just couldn't get it done. Georgia comes out and kind of rolls them second half, honestly. Uh, what was it, 21 nothing? I guess, second half? So, Z, if you got any takeaways from that game, we see that Georgia is, you know, beatable to a sense. Uh, South Carolina kind of chokes it away. I don't know if you got to watch much of it. I didn't really get to see a whole lot of it. Uh, but just checking the box score and seeing some stuff, what you got for me? Yeah, um, I watched the whole game, actually. Um, South Carolina came out and looked good. Rattler looked good. Um, I think it was like 16 of 18 in the first half. Uh, Georgia got off to a slow start. And um, like you said, they cover the number easily from a betting standpoint. But look, at the end of the day, I think it being in Athens definitely helped. Um, I think just from a South Carolina point of view, it was just like it was maybe it was kind of like almost like the um, Falcon. I hate to bring this up. Almost like the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. Um, it was like they were up 14-3 going into halftime, and they were probably celebrating, thinking, oh, my God, we're going to beat the number one team in the country, and they come out and, you know, get punched in the mouth and they get rolled in the second half. Um, I saw a video right before I hopped on of, like, an inside SEC story of uh, the locker room at halftime for Georgia, and it was just, like, you, it made it so much more sense why they came out and played like that. Um, look, it's a player-run program, and then – Based off that, it's the amount of depth they have compared to other teams. It's going to be hard to match up with, you know, the longer the season goes and especially deeper in a game, guys get nicked up, guys get tired. They're still running out four or five-star kids out there coming off the bench. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, South Carolina just got, you know, punched in the mouth and they got, you know, a little bit out-talented at the end. But, you know, if the game was only two quarters, you know, what a win. All right. Yeah, and I think, man, I think that's a big question that's forever asked. Uh, and a great one to compare is Mississippi State getting embarrassed and blown out at home against LSU, and then South Carolina does this, like you said, two quarters, they win the game, sure. I mean, at what point do you have to look at it, South Carolina? I know you're excited because you competed with them, but at the end of the day, you're two and one, and now you somehow have under a touchdown spread against a horrible state team. And that's just a weird – if I'm South Carolina, it's so weird that we competed with Georgia. Now we host a team that's last in almost every offense category in the SEC right now, Mississippi State. And I saw the spread today dipped under six and a half instead of seven. So, like, at what point are you like, man, that was great, but it just doesn't – we lost. Because, I mean, you were in the driver's seat. We're not talking about a a 7-7 ball game at half or a – 14-7, 14-7, you scored on a muff punt drive. Like, it was 14-3 at half. I mean, I don't know. If I'm South Carolina, I'm a little – I'm upset at the game, honestly. Like, there's no moral victories, especially when we're talking about a 12-game season in college football. You know, you drop one, that's a 12th of your season. Like, that's it's tough. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think either way they're 2-1, and one, and if you're South Carolina, you better handle business good at home versus Mississippi State this weekend. Another one, I don't think there's a lot to talk about them. Uh, we're going to dive into them more when we talk about the week four matchup with Ole Miss. Bama, 17-3 at South Florida. I mean, this was ugly. As ugly as it gets for Nick Saban in the last seven years. I know they joke about the Citadel one uh, in half. It was close. They joke about that one, and Bama won by like 40. 
this one, I mean, for a second, I thought it was going to come down to the wire. But Bama squeaks out. Like I said, we'll dive into the whole Milrow starting this week. Didn't see the field last week uh, with our boy G, Ole Miss, taking him on. Last one, we can hammer this one. Colorado 43, Colorado State 35, double OT. Boys, we got a lot to break down. Me and Z apologized last week. We Folks were tired of hearing about Colorado. This one's got something to unpack. All right, we got the safety hit on Travis Hunter. The biggest one for me, we got the storm in the field. Uh, and then next up, we can honestly just domino Bama and Colorado into their week four matchups. But I need, I need some opinions on the safety hit. It's, it's driving me nuts. I didn't even want to talk about it because of how much it's getting talked about. But some quick opinions, no more than five minutes on this game. What do, what do we got? Either one can start. It's up to y'all. I'm just going to hop in real quick on the Bama game. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looked horrible. Um it's not the same Bama you're accustomed to, but I think Saban did take the chance in this game against, you know, a team of the caliber of USF to really just see, you know, what his quarterback room look like um, to really figure out if Milrose the guy or not. Um, and out of the, you know, three games they've played so far, Milrose, you know, shown the best moments and, you know, has been the best player. So that's why he's going to be the quarterback the rest of the season. So, yeah, it looked bad, but, I mean, they had terrible quarterback play. The weather was terrible. I mean, they only gave up three points, so um, – I think that's one that's getting talked about a lot and putting Bama in a bad light, but I don't think he's too worried about it. He had to find who his quarterback was going to be. Uh, Colorado, this one's tough, man. Um, nowadays, that's a dirty hit. I mean, you can't do that. I think that what it really reminded me of instantly when I was watching it, just because it was something recent, I watched the the Swamp Kings one. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Major Wright. He lit that dude up from Oklahoma. And he said he could have easily gone for the ball, but wanted to send a message and just light him up. Uh, look, that was in like 2005 or something. I mean, it's 2023. You can't just be. And that one was even more bang, bang than this one. This one was like damn near the play was over. 100%. And he just lit him up. And it's not like it was a big hit and set the tone. Like, I mean, he lacerated his kidney or something. Now he's out, you know, a month. So, and that's going to hurt them. And I think it showed in that game that it hurt them. You didn't have that. Look, they got great receivers and, um, skill players but I mean Travis Hunter may be the best football player in college football on both sides of the ball he's electric on offense and he's a shut down corner you don't he's a guy you don't throw to his side so I think that's going to hurt them especially with this slate of Oregon and um, USC Beefy yeah I'll, I'll talk more about Bama when we talk about Ole Miss Bama uh, I talked to you a little bit about it before but um, hold on I'm about to watch the hit right now, so I get a live action review. I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, honeymoon. Mexico. He's just been off the grid. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That was first of all, the hit was kind of weak sauce. Like he didn't even. Yeah, there's another angle where you can tell how he hurt his. Uh, yeah, yeah, angle. like I could definitely see him hurting his midsection, but dude didn't like not weak sauce in the sense that. Travis Hunter's being weak sauce. Like, this guy didn't even hit him that hard. He just blatantly tried to knock the breath out of him or something, it looks like. Um, yeah, that was dirty. And like Z said, I'm a big Travis Hunter guy. I'm slowly backing off the uh, the Colorado bandwagon. I was on it heavy at first. Um, but now it's kind of getting turned into something more than it is, I think. Not 
in the sense that they're not being successful. I think they have some really great playmakers. Um, but it's it's almost becoming political in some in some parts of it. But um, as far as rushing the field, uh, I see both sides, and I'll tell you why. Colorado hasn't had a lot to be excited about in the last, I don't know how many years, in football especially. And they're a big school. I mean, they've been in the Pac-12, whatever. When Deion Sanders comes, it's a party, right? And I don't know when the last time they've beaten Colorado State is either. Obviously, Colorado State didn't – I mean, they're, they weren't even undefeated going into that game. But it's a big rivalry match. I would I would have rather seen them storm the field, like maybe if they were playing Oregon at home and they do it. But the Colorado State one seemed – maybe because it was double overtime made it more special. But, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. – I guess I don't and really I'm... have a super opinion on it because I see both sides. But the the, the, and you, um... the hit was trash. That was just trash. Yeah. Uh, can you – elaborate more on the the political aspect it could have Colorado's turning to I've never heard like I haven't heard anybody say that before that's an interesting way to look at it I'm have happened or you know led up to you kind of thinking oh it's kind of resembles something like that well because Dion's success can't be success because he's a good coach and he's a good recruiter instead it's because Everybody's scared of Colorado and they're hating on Colorado because he's black. Mm-hmm. And there is hate when any type of big bandwagon has happened. There's going to be hate and there's going to be a lot of love. And I've seen more love than hate personally. And I love the flash that he brings. I mean, it's 2023. This is a different game. But it's almost like they're taking away the football now and making it into – one side is hating Dion and his team being flashy, and the other side is overhyping it. And there's no middle ground to just say, this is a really good football team with a really good coach and a really good quarterback and a really good Travis Hunter and such and such. So I love that there's a black head coach being successful. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love that it's Dion Sanders. But I think it's getting made into more than it should be. That's all I'm. Yeah, that's all yeah. I'm about it. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I've just never heard like I don't know. It's probably more because I didn't I've, even think I've recently got on Facebook more, so I'm probably seeing more old people talking. Old about heads, yeah. <laughs> seeing the old heads. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. There we go. Yeah, I'm no, not going to get more into that because that's just ridiculous. But agreed. not that that not what you're saying is ridiculous. That no, like, yeah, no. But, like, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous on They're both like, sides. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. But we're football guys, so we care about the football and how fun it is. It's fucking prime time, baby. I mean, yeah. you, you, you've known what you're going to get with prime time for 40 years. Yeah. Like, that's why everybody loves them. That's why, I mean, you either love – when it comes to Dion, you either love them or you hate them. Yeah. There's no – And that's how it is. It, it's not because he's black. It's because he's Dion. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely love him. He's a former <laughs> dirty bird, baby. I wear yeah. I wear the throwback black Falcons jersey. I got one for him. I, I alternate now. I got to alternate. But I week one, I went Dion. Last week, I went, you know, the old school black Mike Vick because that's my favorite player of all time. Shout yeah. out Mike Vick. 
Vic did his I'm time. The, I think I'm the middle ground that Joe is talking about. Like, I want – I want to like – I love Dion. Like, if anyone knows me on a personal level, love it. He's going to tell you how great he is. He's going to tell you why he's better than you. I love all that. I love the flash. He's awesome. I wish Dion played while we are 20 years old and said of before our time in a way. But I'm like Joe, and I wish it could just be – they're a really solid football team. If he keeps going at this rate and gets some bigger beef on the line, stuff like that, continues to get these skill players in depth, they will be good. But, like, this year, if Dion's not the coach, like, the proportion that it's getting blown out is and nothing to do with black, white, anything. It's, a, it's to do with Dion. If Dion's not that coach, this safety's hit does not get death threats and family's address got dropped, his mom's address. That's the thing that's – pissing me off, and the 24-point favorite rushing the field. Like, Nebraska was one thing as the first win in Boulder in a while. Like, I get it. They went 1-11. But now, like, take it in. Take it in. Hey, we're a good football team. We shouldn't even went to double overtime with Colorado State. It's a rival. Shit like that happens. But, hey, we should have beat them. Get off the field. Loved all the chirping before the game with Travis Hunter and Shadur with them. That's football. That's players banter. But, like, I don't know. I And I might just be – a hair of old head in me about rushing the field. But I think rushing the field used to be something like, man, are they, they going to rush it? Like they were a 20-point dog at home, first time beating a top five. Like, and now it just goes for anyone with me. If you're favored by 15-plus, I just don't think you storm the court or the field. I just don't. I think it's a used to be an art, and now it's like a thing that happens way too often, in my opinion. But I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit week four. They're going to know where they really do stand because I think the three teams they played – I think the TCU win was incredible. On the road, first time putting this product on the field, showed them, hey, we can sweep out the entire house and bring in Louis luggage and do it. Now, Nebraska win, it's Nebraska, Colorado State, defeated team. Like, not, not I'm, I wasn't impressed with them. I was impressed with Shadur's 92-yard drive with a minute and some change against anyone. That's impressive when – the pressure's on you. I mean, game day was there. You know in the back of your head you're favored by three scores. Like, that was impressive to go out there without Travis Hunter and drive 92 yards, win the game eventually. Uh, but I think this week, and we can roll in there and hop into them first, 2.30 at Eugene, Oregon. Now you're a 21-point dog. And no Travis Hunter. I think this is where you really find out okay, the lights, camera, action are still going to be there, but this is about to come down to a 100-by-50-yard field in between the lines with a really good Oregon football team. What can they really, really do? Like, what's really going to happen now that you're 3-0, and you've made your noise, you're top 20, we got to face Oregon Ducks, Bo Nix, what can we really, really do? So I'm eager to see this one. Um, Vegas, and we keep touching Vegas, we're – Everyone knows me and Z like some coin. I don't know if Vegas has ever been this off with a football team three consecutive weeks ever. The TCU spread, obviously they caught like 24 points or whatever it was, 28. Can't remember exactly. Then the Nebraska spread wanted it to trap you, three-point favorite. They win by 20-plus. This spread this past weekend was 24, and they got a double overtime. And now we go to week four, and they're a 21-point dog. So, I don't know. It kind of makes me want to take Colorado and it'd be like a field goal game because Vegas just cannot find the number on this team. Z, you rocking Oregon? <clears throat> I don't know, man. Um, 
I've been looking forward to this game though since that since Nebraska probably since honestly I thought that they were going to just kind of roll Colorado State but this is their real you know first big test that you've seen a team you know obviously TCU was a test but um Oregon you know Oregon's a different caliber of team they're proving it this year Bo Nix looks good um, they've got a lot of skilled players. They're going to have more depth, and they're going to be bigger on the line, especially on the D-line and O-line, and that's where. For Oregon, but from what I've seen from Shadur Sanders, I mean, this guy may – I mean, he may be the front runner for Heisman right now. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They've got um, multiple guys. Jimmy Horn Jr. is the first one that comes to mind for me out there as their wide receivers, and then Edwards at the running back, they've got the skill players. It's What's going to be for them is can they get pressure on Bo Nix and can they protect Shadur? So the trenches are what's going to come down to this game, and if it's come down to the trenches, I'm going to take the points with Colorado. And I think – and I want to point out where you said Travis is electric on both sides because that's obvious. I think in this one, like you said, Oregon skilled guys and Bo Nix – his absence at DB is way more significant in this game, in my opinion. This one and the next one, USC, a half-line offense, too. I think I'm with you that that's going to – which it comes out of the trenches oftentimes and not, but to be as an elite DB as he is that you don't see often, I think they're going to hurt there significantly the next two weeks. I will say with him being out and having to lock up on these guys, it's going to make um... – What's his first name? His last name's McLean or something like that. Um, he was the number one player in high school, number one defensive back in the country coming out of Florida. And he's a true freshman there. And he saw the field a little bit week one, but he hasn't seen the field as much just because Travis Hunter and other guys. But with Travis down, he's going to have to go out there. I mean, this is a true five-star kid, you know, number one player in the country coming out of high school type level kid. So he's going to have to step up and make some plays. And, um, you know, based off all that stuff, I mean, you got to believe, look, um, they've got some guys back there. It's just they're not deep. But they're more deep at the skill positions than in the trenches. And when it comes to, you know, big-time games like this against, you know, um, playoff caliber teams, which Oregon has been, you know, kind of in that mix for the past few years, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be tough. I mean, it's a high total, too. It's 70 and a half. Yeah. So they're expecting Colorado to score. <clears throat> So um, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for it, though. I do want to throw this in real quick. I got the week four, the highlighted slate, which we just knocked out one. We got to go rewind just a hair to big, uh, week three, big 12, embarrassed. Just to read off some scores real quick. Kansas State falls 27-30 to Mizzou, 60-yard field goal, unreal finish. Iowa State falls to Ohio, 10-7. Cincy loses in overtime at home versus Miami, Ohio. And then South Al absolutely routes Oklahoma State 33-7. So, tough, tough week for the Big 12. Uh, had to throw some shots at them when you have that bad of a week. But to continue week four, the big one, going to go in order. 11 a.m. starts us off. Florida State at Clemson. Uh, man, I mean, this feels – Feels like a walk in the park to outsiders looking in, and I'm just a little worried about this game. You talk about a trap. Clemson plus two and a half at home. Florida State, like we said, squeaked by Boston College, an absolute 
horrific weather to play a football game in. Get by three and zero, top five still. What do we? Uh, what what are our, what are our initial thoughts, Z? Especially with the line included. Um, I think last week was definitely a look ahead spot for Florida. Kind of look into this Clemson game. Uh, look, it's it's a different game there at noon Eastern than it is at seven thirty. Um, which kind of hurts Clemson, I would say, in this scenario. The two and a half, this is the first time I've looked at the lines. The two and a half is mind-blowing to me. I was expecting like five and a half at the least, probably. Yeah, I was expecting like a touchdown in the hook. Like I could see seven and a half bouncing back. Seven to six and a half, and a half, I'd be like, all right, yeah, that's right. Um, first impression looking at, you know, the line, it's, Florida State is the easiest bet of the day, so I'm going to take Clemson plus two and a half. Um, I'm going to do it. Um, I may hate it. I'm going to hate it probably during the game, and then I may not bet Clemson again this year. But it's still Clemson. I mean, they they still recruit. They've got depth. They've got four or five-star kids. Um, Dabo hurts them, I think, not just an X's and O's wise, but – you know, bashing the transfer portal, things like that. He could have landed some of these guys because people want to go to Clemson. These kids, I mean, Clemson, I mean, the facilities are unreal. Um, they've got the, you know, they got the pedigree. Um, and it's the ACC, so it's not super hard to go into feet to win the ACC and you're in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I wish it would have been at night, but there's just so many good games. And Clemson just hasn't. If it, if it was, you know, a 4-7 matchup or something like that, it would be at night. It'd be you know prime time, things like that. But two and a half, scary man. So um, I'm not a huge. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent believer in Florida State yet. So um, this one may be the one where I'm right, or I believe in Florida State at the end of it. Yeah, and I think with this being with Florida State being my, you know, one of my playoff guys and ACC winning it this year, and me believing in them from the get go, I think in my eyes it is. Give me two and a half all day. But I'm already a believer. But I think for most people it's going to be this is a line and spot and everything. I go with Clemson. And like you said, if they if they get beat by 14, if they get beat by 10-plus, honestly, at home in this game, then you're like what you said. Hey, I'm off of them the rest of the year. This might have been what killed Dabo and Clemson this year. Uh, yeah. Florida State gets their second marquee win in four weeks. So, big game for Florida State can really – I mean, this momentum, your snowball's going and you're downhill and, you know, the ball's big and everything. If they win this one, they're, I mean, they are rolling. You feel incredible. Uh, I feel like if it was outside looking in, you didn't want to admit it probably, but Florida State probably would have been happy going one and one against Clemson LSU. And if you win this one at Clemson, I mean, you feel fantastic. So, Jeefy, if you got anything on the old Seminoles and Tigers, 11 a.m. Hey, honestly, though, Real quick before you go, G, lo- absolutely love a big game at 11 a.m. Love yeah. it. I don't have to wait very long. I get to watch it's game day, day and I roll right into it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He's on That's big time. Sorry about the yawn. Um, no, I, I like Florida State, but that game last week for sure should scare their fans and should scare – the betters, and I can tell by talking to the two gamblers in front of me that it is scaring them. Um, Clemson still Clemson, they're still Dabo, but I agree with Z, and we can we can talk about that 
another day, why would Dabo trash the transfer portal? I, I still don't get it. Um, I think Florida State's going to win. Don't know that they'll that they'll cover everything. I think it's one of those. Me and Z talked earlier this week. ACC is always weird. Like even when the people are juggernauts, it's always weird. Especially when you get into the the strictly ACC games where you're facing a Louisville or a Syracuse or something. Um, we remember me and Z were talking also. Clemson, when they won the Natty, they lost to Pitt by a field goal that year, right? It's just like they have a bunch of weird games. This one, though, I don't think it is. I think Florida State will come in fully prepared, and I think if they are fully prepared, I think they beat Clemson. Um, But if they're looking ahead, this is one that they drop. But I, I don't anticipate them looking ahead. I think Clemson is still a big name, and they're still in that criteria of not being able to look past. So that's all I got on that one. And next up, as soon as it finishes 2.30, we already talked Colorado, Oregon. We're going to go ahead and get into this one, a big one for this pod, a big one down in the south, I think. And honestly, big one or coincidence, Clemson into this one. We've talked about these two teams in the same boat for nearly a year now, I'd say 10 months. Clemson got rode off a little bit, win 10 or 11 games last year. Bama got rode off a little bit, still won 10, 11 games. Um, another one that squeaked by last week, like we talked about, 17-3 South Florida. They didn't necessarily love the answer. I don't think they were going to love the answer to their quarterback question regardless, but they got the answer now, which is a big key, in my opinion, in not rotating guys going into SEC play. Uh, you claim you've got your guy now. Milrose the answer. Old Miss at Bama. Bama's down to six and a half now, bouncing anywhere around the touchdown. Z, me and G talked about this and unbiased seeing both sides of it. Could Old Miss be catching Bama at a worse time, in your opinion? I think it's horrible with Bama catching like drift or squeaking by, getting their answer to Milrow and now going with it. And also, I think Milrow sitting last weekend and seeing some stuff about knowing he was going to sit and everything. He loses to a great Texas team, and it was at home. That's a that's not a Nick Saban, Alabama typical loss. I just think you're catching a pissed-off Milrow, and if he does happen to come out and play good football and they had a players-only meeting and all this, if I'm Ole Miss, I told Joe, I wish Bama would have won 60-3 to last weekend. You know, and yeah. I just – I don't know. I don't think it's a great spot for him, but Ole Miss has played good enough this year that also if they come out and Bama plays the way they have this year, then Ole Miss can win this game. But I just – I don't think it's a great spot for Ole Miss to be playing them. No, yeah, I agree. It's a horrible spot. Um, I think it's a horrible spot more because of how they played against USF and then it led to a players-only meeting. And whenever you hear a players-only meeting, especially early in the season, it's kind of what, you know, fires a team up and kind of gets them rolling. And that's the last thing you kind of want to see if you're um, in this spot, if you're Ole Miss. And then for Bama, I mean um, – that's exactly what you want because they're going to go into this game absolutely pissed off and try and prove everybody that we're still Bama and try to make this a 63-7 to game. And it could be a 63-7 to game, and that's not because Ole Miss isn't good. It's because Bama's defense is still really good, and they're pissed off, and it's going to come down to Jalen Milrow. And um, based on all that, I have no idea which side I'm going to go on because Ole Miss is – through the first two, three weeks of the season, 
season, they're the better team. They've got the better quarterback. Um, they've got the more established offense. Um, their defense still isn't, you know, that good, but that's a Lane Kiffin thing. Um, there's going to be points. I, and I, I don't think Milrose that good. I don't think Milrose good. Um, I think he can run. And he can throw the deep ball. He has no short uh, short pass accuracy, no medium pass accuracy. So um, I have no idea which side to go on here, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think if if Tommy Re- – if the offense coordinator at Bama can accept what he's got in Milrow, then I think that's one of the biggest steps. Like I feel like if they can just accept, hey, we're not going to be able to spin the ball 35 times with this guy. We're just not. And I understand yeah. that they want to. And that's what Tommy Reese wants to do at Bama. Like, how do I want to pick apart this Ole Miss defense? Hey, uh, what's his name uh, slipping me now? Georgia Tech Q from A&M. Oh, Hayes King. Hayes, Hayes King, uh, Hayes yeah. King, Hayes King. Hayes King spun it well. Yeah. And you see that, and you see that Tulane can throw it a little bit without the starting Q. You look at this Ole Miss team in secondary and stuff, and you're like, hey, I want to spin it against them. Bama's just not going to be able to do that, but it's can Bama's O-line lean a little bit and let Milrow and McClellan and the other senior running back do some work and just accept, hey, we're going to have to keep our defense off the field, longer drives probably, a lot more runs. Is that what Tommy Reese is going to do, or is he going to force the pass? And if he does, I think it's not out of the world to think Ole Miss wins by by two scores, like at all. And it's not out of the world to think, like you say, and Bama win by 20-plus. That's why – I mean, you got to bet on it, let's be honest. You yeah. got something on it. But, yeah, I mean, this game is – there's so many question marks. Darts put up unreal numbers. You can argue the schedule, sure, and the physicality. Have you seen Bama this year? Of course you haven't. Not Who has seen Bama's physicality going into week four? Uh, but then you can argue you that Bama's been exposed to different stuff. So, we'll let the man himself, uh, the Ole Miss fan, crack it open now. Yeah, I'm going to say one thing before Joe jumps in. I was telling this to my buddy the other day. If I was Alabama, I would go and look at every single offensive play that the Eagles ran last year with Jalen Hurts and restructure your offense to run the exact same offense the Eagles run with Hurts and run it with Milrow. Yeah, I don't hate that. Run the read option, do RPOs, spread, you know, get vertical every now and then because you can throw the deep ball and just punish people in the trenches. Because you still got guy, you still got a big offensive line and guys who can that are obviously there for a reason. They're good O linemen, but it's not a you can't run the same offense you ran with Bryce Young and run it with Jalen Milrow. It just can't happen. So if I'm Bama, if you can zone read QB draw, um, stretch the you know field on the perimeter with with the run game, and then have these passes played in off play action, that's where they're going to be successful. You can't ask the kid to you know take a three step drop and get it out on time. You know, over the middle of the field, if you mix in play action, it'll be a lot better. Yeah. Hit it with me, Joe. Well, I was telling Kehu before we got on, I agree largely with being in a bad spot. Um, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans that probably didn't watch Alabama's game are a little too confident because the quarterback play was bad, but none of it was the guy that we're going to be facing on Saturday. And I saw a lot of good – like, I saw a lot of bad, but I saw a lot of good from Jalen Milrow. I told Bubba, they're not the normal Alabama that I think is going to go in and dominate and win the SEC championship and go win the national championship. But they're still a very tough SEC West team with Milrow at the helm. Um, I mean, it's not like they lost to Texas by 30 points, and that's a really good team. 
right? They put up a fight in the first half, got beat in the second half. Um, I do like our chances, though. I think our run defense has been good so far, and that makes me feel good. I think we give up a lot in the passing game because we kind of play a contained offense where we just try to keep everybody in front of us as far as the defensive backs go. So if we can keep people in front of us, I think we'll do well because all Milrow's main weapon in the passing game is the long ball. And we saw him, he, he had a couple beautiful balls against Texas. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a tough spot for us just because we're all built – we're building up that we can beat Bama off of USF and we're not even going to be facing that offense at all. Um, their defense is still tough. I think that we've got to get going early. Um, both times we beat Bama, which has been forever now, and even last year when we when we hung with them until the very end, you have to score early on them. You have to. And we're that high-paced offense that likes to run quick, that likes to go, and a lot of our offense is strictly momentum. So if we don't have that momentum, it's hard to it's hard to get it in the third quarter, right? So if you're not scoring – early in the first, early in the second, it's going to be tough, tough to get going. I think we've got the tools to win. Um, will we is a different question. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I hate going into Tuscaloosa. I will say that if it was at home, I would feel really good about it. But going into Tuscaloosa with Jake Milrow, who I think, like I said, I think they're still going to be a, a talented, gritty team. Like I don't think, that they're just going to go five and seven or six and six. Like, I think they're still going to be a nine and three team at worst. So I think we can't go in confident or overconfident. But, or I should say, we need to go in confident, but not cocky. How about that? Sure. Yeah. My uh, next one, then, being two SEC teams. Man, when's the last time the SEC's been this bad? I mean, I think they're I think they're actually like we're actually bad. I yeah, really do. I I think that I don't have to backtrack as much on my LSU opinion now. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, like I just think like just, LSU's gonna but I think they have they're not even super great, but they're definitely gonna have a chance to win the SEC. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they'll have a chance to win the West because I think the West is that bad. But, like, the East even – like, I, I keep going back to me and Z talking about we want to see Georgia be exposed to, you know, something. Uh, and just seeing a half like that, like, you, you haven't seen it, it feels like in years. But, like, I just – I think the SEC as a whole is not very good. Like, from top to bottom, you don't have to say anything about State, Arkansas, uh, Bama we talked about struggled. Auburn, I guess you can still. I mean, they struggled with Cal a couple weeks ago. Ole Miss has seen struggles of Tulane and Georgia Tech. Like, they covered spreads, weren't ever – there's just not a lot of domination, I feel like, going on with the SEC really used to be. And me and Z kind of talked about NIL and Portal and everything, balancing things out, and it's just – I guess it's weird from being an SEC homer for so long, but I wrote that down on the pages next to the Big 12. We didn't get embarrassed like they did last week, but the SEC is just – the teams that you think are bad, you know, Tennessee losing at Florida, I know they're cursed down there, but a team that you think maybe can be a top 15 and keep the SEC arguments in, I just don't think there's – there's always four or five in the top 15. You're just not seeing it this year. So, 
I just want to throw that out there with old Miss Bama talk. Uh, Z, you can stop me on either two of these if you want. I wrote them down, but you know we dove in so hard to the other couple ones. I got. We're obviously going to talk Ohio State and Notre Dame last, but these other two, I hate. I'm not excited for this one. UCLA at Utah. I just don't have much on it, if we're being honest. Uh, it's a top 25 matchup. Had to throw it in there. But 230 between Ole Miss at Bama, Colorado at Oregon, she's not going to see a lot of TV time for me. I mean, I wish I was that guy with seven TVs. But if we're calling spade to spade, it's just not going to see my screen very much. <laughs> Oregon State at Washington State. I am a little more curious on this one. Uh, not going to say I'm going to dial into it with Ohio State and Notre Dame at 630 and that one at six, but – I don't know. I feel like this is a little trampy for Oregon State, who showed some signs of being pretty damn good. Uh, DJU still trying to do his thing out there, and right now he is. I know we talked DJU early in the year. Uh, if you got anything on either one of those two, let it rip, and then we'll end it with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah, I think for the Utah game, it's just going to be interesting if uh, Cam Rising plays or not. Still questionable. So I want to see – I'm going to be interested to see if he runs out there and kind of see what it looks like because I think with him – They've shown that they're still good, and it's not just him that makes them very good. So I'm be interested to see if he plays and kind of see what that looks like. And um, Oregon State, I'm interested in that game uh, more than the Utah game, just because I want to see if Oregon State's kind of legit. Because um, I've watched a few of their games, and their offense is prolific. Man, they run a straight pro style offense. DJU's out there spinning it. Um, he looks way better than he did at Clemson. I think it's just a scheme thing. Um, them only um, laying three points is, is interesting, but um, just how they've looked, which that may just be who knows what they really are. Because I haven't really played anybody. But, um, yeah, I like watching DJU, DJU play, and I think Oregon State's a little interesting team. They've got some – they've got a little bit of talent on both sides of the ball. So, um, it is a tough conference this year. So, that's say, let's just tip the hat in Pac-12, man. Tip yeah, Pac-12 is stacked, man. Stacked. So, um but, yeah, that's really all I got. Not a big one this week, but right before we hit the game of the week, man, how how for real and how electric is Washington? They're oh, yeah, fun. they're really good. They're I, I wasn't bought in on them, but last week yeah. was when I, I kind of got in on it. And I feel like USC after that San Jose State week zero and getting dogged for giving up 28 or whatever, they're just coasting back to – You don't hear many people talking about them right now. No. Nobody, nobody. And they're still – what are they holding, that five spot still, six? Yeah. So, hell of a conference, fun conference. And I think my favorite part about it is that every week one of them play at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Which is great to get me something on TV. But game of the week, man, I haven't been I – don't, I don't even know why because I'm not a big Ohio State guy like never am. Kind of one of those guys that hates Ohio State for no reason, if we're being honest. I'm, I'm so excited for this game. And – We've talked about how, you know, the square pick in that 11 a.m. is Florida State, obviously seeing that number and stuff. You would be so confident in it. Why would you not? This one, I don't feel like it's a that much of a square pick, so I'm kind of going to stick with it, I think, and not do that gambler's mindset, oh, I love it so much, I'm going to take the other side. I freaking love Notre Dame, Z. I mean, I love the shit. Like, I think – I honestly think it could get out of hand in South Bend and the momentum and everything and then roll with it at night. Like, I'm talk, I'm not talking 20, but I'm, I could see two score here. And I, I, it's a hot, it's not a hot take, honestly, but it's a, I'm standing on it and I'm excited about it. I, 
let that date, let that 11 a.m. and 2.30 slate pan out right, we could see a stack of coins go out there on the Irish. I love them. I love them. And tell me, back me off of them a little bit if you can. Um, I didn't see that going that way. Um, okay. I looked at it and I thought you were getting into like, you see the number and you know, the gambler's mindset and everything. I look at the number and I see Ohio State minus three, and I think that's the right number on the right team. Um, I'm laying Ohio State with the three. They're more talented. They got more skilled players. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the best player on the field. Um, Kyle McCord looked great last week. He's getting more comfortable in the offense. He can spin it. Look, Notre Dame's good. It's going to be a night game at Notre Dame. It's going to be rocking. Um, we saw what they did to Clemson a few years back with Trevor Lawrence. Um, it, it's going to get rocking in there. Um God, what's his name? The quarterback, what's his name? For Notre Dame? Yeah. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. I always yeah. get him confused with I'm Sam Howell. Yeah. With Sam Howell for the commanders. I don't know why. Yeah, Sam Hartman. Um, kid's a dog. Let's kid's just, a dog. Man. Let's he's just a- put that out there. I mean, the kid is a dog. Um, he's been a winner his whole career. He's got a little bit of that edge to him. Um, Talk yourself well, into it, it's Talk yourself be a, into it one time. It'll be, yeah, it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm almost talking myself into Notre yeah, Dame, but um, I'm going to lay the three with Ohio State, and I think they um, – damn. Um, no, look, what you said, why you think for a minute, there's no way around, like you said, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the most talented human in the stadium. That's no ifs, ands, or buts. I think it being – I would love to see this number if it was at Ohio State. And the same time, night game, all that. I think being at South Bend and Notre Dame has a – which they're not they're not foreign to the playoff and championship contenders, right? They got embarrassed by Bama. I know they used to get clowned and stuff. Look, this team is – I think they – being the way they are 4-0, like there's no signs of – there's been zero sign of anything. The Navy game, I know it's Navy. They go out and destroy them. They handle it at NC State who's not a great team or anything, but I'm saying they've handled – their tests have been fine. Ohio State showed a little glimpse at 3-0. and I'm not really all into the, oh, they squeaked by Indiana by 25. No, they're handling the business, 3-0. I just think the Notre Dame atmosphere and, and the players and everyone realizes, hey, we're, we've been a dominant 4-0. We're number nine in the country. We got an opportunity to do this. Like this – having this on your schedule is – I mean, every step they need, I mean – I would love to see how they climb if they win this game. I mean, this is a – not even a marquee win. This is a put-yourself-in-the-playoff-picture week four win. And then you got USC later. And I think – I don't think that lingers in players' minds, but outside looking in, if you win this one and USC controls what they're going to do, 13-0, and win the pack, just say they do, you got some wiggle room if you happen to lose that one. So that's not in their mindset. Them guys are winners. They're dogs. Sam Hartman, incredible leader. So they're not thinking about, oh, we win this one, we could lose one. But all I'm saying is they win this one, their playoff picture week four. They, they've got to be top six, the first two out, if anything. Uh, I think they could climb five. Some of them are going to probably vote them for. But you talk about a game, a, a week four game that we as damn sinners do not deserve. This game is going to be electric. Yeah, so based off everything you just said, I'm going to go Ohio State. Um, this is the same old story with Notre Dame, man. He just explained Notre Dame for the past 10 years. Man, they're good. Fair. They're beating people. They're a playoff team. Um, 
they're going to get smacked in the mouth by a much more talented football team, a better coach football team, and a much more prepared football team. And um, give me Ohio State by a touchdown. Hey, I think it's sweet song and dance, but I think I think USC's same the song and dance, man. I think USC is going to play the same song and dance. I think they even get more momentum here, and then USC's the end of it. Same song and dance, Ohio State. Let Notre Dame win this one. I'm heavy on the wagon. Sign me up. Give me the luck of the Irish. I might, I might take them every game if they win this one. Jeefy, talk Irish Buckeye with us. We're torn right now. Where are you going? You know, I, you know, I love Sam Hartman. You know, I do. But yeah, it's it's, it's hard against it's hard to go against Ohio State right now. But I will say this about Notre Dame this year. When the playoff first started, the fourteen playoff, they would get in, and it was cupcake schedules. And this year, they got themselves a tough schedule, and thus far, they have performed. So I do want to shout out Notre Dame for not playing cupcakes this year. Hey, Duke's Duke's got to love catching them after this game. Also, throw that in there. Just a little look ahead. Notre Dame and Duke next week. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. If y'all got any more games to talk about from last week, this week, you want to throw in? That's just the ones I wrote down. Uh, I think those are all the top twenty-five matchups. But we we didn't talk Oregon. Or I didn't I didn't say anything Oregon Colorado. I just want to add this. Bo Nix folds Shadur Sanders masterclass. Uh-huh. You never liked Bo Nix. Hates him. He's never <laughs> no, he's never not liked him. He's never not hated the guy. He can't stand him. Bo Nix falls, piece of shit. Uncore. <laughs> Hang it up. That's the, that's the title of the pod. Bo Nix falls. That's the title yeah. of the pod. Bo Nix folds. Look at, hey, that's a click right there. People love Colorado. Come on, baby. Yeah. Give me the ball. Yeah, we're finna start getting into clickbait. We need yeah, honestly. We I was thinking about that mid pause. Like we need to just start making terrible takes in the middle because people who actually know what they're talking about never get views. <laughs> we just gotta start throwing out some just ridiculous hot takes right in like the first half of the pod or so. Yeah, and then just caption that. Has Z lost his mind? <laughs> G tells us about Mexico jail time. <laughs> too far bury his name we're fine well that's all i got i'm stoked and it's insane the amount of blue boys i'm crushing saturday i'm locked at 8 a.m it'll be a good oh, i'm excited it'll dude be- i haven't had a i haven't had a saturday like i went to the game last week and that's like we talked about and then questions it's fun but like you don't get to just sit there and watch you don't get to sit in one spot right you're trying to get a ride up there you're tailgating you're seeing people where you're doing this Dude, I am waking up at 7, and Dick's cooking a little chili queso, Buffalo Wild Wings style, some sliders. I'm placing the bets. I'm sitting my ass outside. We cleaned up the spot, and the the fridge is already stocked. Sounds like a great day to me. It's going to be a day. Oh, I'm excited. Jeefy, where are you watching Ole Miss Alabama? Hopefully on that couch in there. Hey, you're more than welcome to come over if you'd like. No, you're going to be on the Reb's ass. I can't be around that. Yeah. And <laughs> Pace is going to be here. Yeah, I can't be <laughs> Oh. Uh, no, nah, I might be there. Yeah, I'm about to say, there, what? Oh, if, well, if, if, if we, if we squeak nice. it out, somehow I'm on both of y'all. 
That's, that's Dude, I'm telling you, man, when I was staring at that, just looking at the game, I was like, man, it, it, it may be Ole Miss. Dude, it's the sickest. It's it's probably the first one of the year. Big game, obviously. You could dive into Portland State and UTEP yeah. and decide it could go either way. But this is the first big one that I can see 20 either way in every scenario in between of an outcome. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't you just don't know. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know who's gonna fold, who's gonna do what. I mean, you do you know Bo Nix is gonna fold. That title is gonna be elite. From the man himself. I mean, man gets out of Mexico and just goes straight for Bo Nix's neck. <laughs> Dude, I have nothing against the guy. I just don't think he's a co he started off the last pod that I wasn't on perfect. Bo Nix, year ten. I mean <laughs> Buddy, it's time to go home. Like everybody was hopping on Stetson Bennett because he was winning. Nobody cares about Bo Nix because he's going <laughs> to end up botching the playoff contention spot that they have. So it doesn't matter. What about Miami tight end seeking ninth year eligibility from the NCAA? Is that for real? Dead ass. I thought that was a meme. Graduated high school with Miles Sanders. <laughs> Miles Sanders about to retire, it seems like. <laughs> Sheesh. Dudes, that's all, that's I, all got. I got. Yep. All I got. Oh, yeah. Z Dog, send us home. Tune need- in, listen in, share the pod. You know, grab a couple cold ones on Saturday. Um, tell your friend's mom to listen to the pod. Um, and we'll catch you on the next one, man. Go dirty birds. <laughs>